Just hit a button, Morty. Give me a beat. Oh, man. Okay. All right. Um. Welcome back to Not Your Weekly Sports Pod. Yo, this is it. Like, 2020. We're, we're recording this, what, kind of on the eve of the end of 2020, towards the end of December, pre-Christmas. What a year it's been. And more importantly, what a year it's going to be. How are you guys doing? What's going on? Chilling. How's 2020 treated you guys? Y'all want to do a little reflection of your year real quick? Yeah, dude. 2020, I think it, for me, bro, it's been a, a crazy year. I fucking, you know, I went to I went to Hungary in Budapest and starting off the year. And then literally, like, everything just, I come back and I have to quarantine for two weeks. And it's like, all right, the world fucking shut down. It's like when you come back from vacation and you realize, I got to go back to work. Yeah, That's bro. Yeah, and then it ended and I was like, all right, we've just been quarantined this whole time. And then now you look at it, the year's fucking over. So, I mean, it's crazy, bro. I think this year was one of those years that we look back and say, like, w- does it count? Does this count in the overall, like, accumulation? Yeah, yes. It is going to be the best thing ever. 2020's my year. <laughs> yeah, dude, the holidays, like every holiday fell this year, like on a good day, right? Like yes. Halloween was supposed to be on like a Saturday. Cinco de Mayo was like on a weekend. Like all the fun holidays were on a weekend. Bro, you have to celebrate every holiday. You got to be woke. If you if you don't celebrate Cinco de Mayo, you're not woke. So what's y'all Cinco de Mayo celebration? For me, I mean, obviously tacos and tequila, but... Uh, tacos, guacamole, just going down the H-E-B aisle and getting all the fun stuff. You guys uh, homemade guac dudes, or you just get the H-E-B pre-made? H-E-B guac is clutch, though, man. I'm not going to lie. Of all, the, of all the grocery store ones, it is the best. Like, yeah, H-E-B, but still. Like, get your places, yeah. Yeah. Or, or under underrated white girl places. I mean, Chipotle, right? Like, come on, like Chipotle guac is to die for. I don't really throw guac in my Chipotle. I feel like oh, I gotta go inside. Yes. You know, I don't know. As long as you don't throw like the Chipotle queso into it, you're good. Oh god, the thing's overrated. It's not good. You shouldn't. Yeah, it's not good. It's not the move to make. Still free birds all the way. Oh, phew, or Mission Burrito, if we're being real. What a Didn't, throwback. They changed, I think they changed their name now to Uberito. <laughs> yeah, they had That's the stupidest, stupidest marketing move of all time. Fucking Mission Burrito sounded badass. Chef, tell me about your 2020, bro. How'd it go for you? To be honest, it's been pretty fantastic, man. It's good. That's good to hear. Granted that people have been getting sick, which is terrible, but you gotta keep moving forward, man. For sure. That's it. I know there's a lot of shit going on, but you can't stop. You gotta keep working. Hey, man. I agree. Just work hard, play hard, bro. Get better. Get better every, every day. day. Yes. Amen, bro. Get better every day. Shit, bro. With Don't wake up, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Twi- so, what are we here today for, man? What's up? Brother, so... Hey, man. I went from the Wolverine jacket to yeah. the to the shell. To the shell. I don't even know what superhero I am right now. Like Iron Man, I guess. I think Deadpool. Like yeah, yeah, right yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can see Deadpool. The po- Deadpool, bro. You got the red, right? Uh, Add on a couple <laughs> wow yeah it was speaking of which um quarantine 20 i feel like that's the new freshman 20 it has to be 2020 yes. gave us so during my fresh my quarantine 20 i had a chance to sit down and uh, kind of go through go through what we what i think this year is going to present a unique nba season and y'all i think this is the year potentially the first time 
where anyone can really make the solid case that the NBA Eastern Conference may be creeping up to the West. Ooh, is it finally the time? I mean, shit. Bro, like we've... Decades, brother. I I think... I was talking all about this offline, but right? But like, you know, since we started consciously watching basketball, I would say probably in the year 2000, in the first 21st century. And since then, in the conception of 2000... I was seven when seven. I was seven in two thousand. Hey, happy happy birthday! Thank happy you. early birthday! Thank by you. the way, uh, thank you, bro. Thank B- you. Boy's about to hit what 27? 27. Twenty-seven. You're Jose Jose Altuve here. Al- Altuve here. Oh, make him on now, man! <laughs> Excited. Thank you guys. But yeah, man, like it's um fuck. I completely forgot where I was going with this now. The East is getting better, and you started. Watching I did, yeah. So twenty in the year two thousand. Thank you, bro. So within the past twenty years, you could probably say that the West has probably has taken over that whole time span. There's been no team in the East, probably like what two teams I could think of off the top of my head that were relevant in the in the whole NBA within that time frame. I mean, it's been a monopoly if you think about it for ever since. So it's crazy to see now that we're actually having the conversation that the East may be relevant. Yeah, I mean, let's just go through it, bro. Like, yeah. it, starting from the 2000 Kobe. season, Kobe and Shaq. Yeah, I mean, that's they ran the fucking right? West. It, it was a mere formality for them to play the 76ers with Allen Iverson and a bunch of homeless guys. Oh, my gosh. Right? Which was unbelievable that he... Picked them up off the streets and asked them if they wanted to play. And the fact that he even won a game against the Lakers in that playoff my run blood. where they swept through the Western Conference playoffs and got to the East... Um, Sure, they cheated. Yeah, David Stern cheated to get them in the finals against the Bucks in the conference finals, but that's another podcast. But yeah, we have the Lakers going through, dominating the early 2000s. In the mid-2000s, you've got your slurry of West teams Jesus. that, I mean, how many 50-win seasons between the Spurs, the Mavericks, and the Kings do you guys remember? Like, so fucking, those, that was, those were the teams, right? And I think going back to the, the 2000s, bro, I would say the Kings... Like the rightful, you know, Western Conference team to come out that year. Oh yeah, I think they were. Yeah, bro. Oh yeah, the oh, my Rick Adelman running that high post yes. option run with Brad Miller, Vlade Divac, Chris Weber. I mean, bro, that, the fact that I think that team was better than any team in the East either, uh, too. I think, yeah. you know, I think the Kings would have swept Milwaukee or uh, the Sixers it, in the year 2000. The, the Kings really beat the Lakers they in did. 2002, if not for Tim Donahue and David Stern working with the mafia to put their cash cow into the NBA finals again and get them that three-peat. So yeah, I mean, you've got championship quality teams that considered their season's failures every year for a solid decade if they didn't win championships because they were that good. Yeah. You know, you move on to like the T-Mac and Yao Rockets. You know, they they were up there for three, four-year stretch. Chris Paul's New Orleans Hornets were 50-win teams. Yeah. Mello and the Nuggets are rolling out 50-win seasons. Yeah. I mean, dynasties in between that, right? Greg Popovich. I mean, longevity of career for for both you know, other Texas teams. Oh, as much as we hate them, yeah. 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 But you talk about, like, dominance in the... Yeah. You talk about dominance in the West. I A lot mean, of big women. Yeah, there are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not expecting that. Taking one from Charles Barkley's playbook. Oh, there. my God. But, no, like, talking about the Spurs, man, I mean, you talk about longevity. Duncan, Ginobili, and Parker. I mean, you talk about big threes. That was the OG that big theory. Really think of, yeah, man. That, that was right probably the best, you know, 15-year run of any sports team of our generation. Would, the could you make that argument? Yeah, the Patriots of the NBA. Yeah. That's literally what they were. You had the most selfless 
superstar probably during that time. I mean, I think I, I think a Duncan, Duncan and Brady are very similar. I would say in that it's sense too. Exactly. Both like fucking uh, the greatest fundamentals you've seen in their sport, yeah, right? Yeah. Like as much as you hate them, you, you respect their it. Game. Yeah, you respect it. And then after that, you know, in the same state, you have Dirk Nowitzki, which Cuban always surrounded Nowitzki with the right amount of talent. And that team was always creeping to be, you know, a top five seed no matter what. And then obviously ended up winning the championship in, uh, I think, what, 08, I believe? The Spurs? No, the Mavericks. Oh, the, the Mavericks were 2011. 2011, yeah, when they, they ended up being the freaking Heat. Like They were the crazy. number one seed, I believe, in uh, oh. Oh, eight. They went to the finals in 06. They were the number one seed in 08 when they lost the Warriors in the first round. And then, yeah, they Dirk redeemed himself yeah. and had his, what I think will be James Harden's moment uh, at the age of 32, leading that Mavericks team to the finals. I mean, <laughs> and then on top of that, what well, you had the Houston Rockets probably later on in their years as well, 2018. That probably would have decimated uh, LeBron's uh, LeBron's freaking Cavs that easily. Year, easily. So I mean, it's it usually like a dominance throughout the decades. And I mean, what is there to say? The East had what a couple of years I could think of. It was obviously you had the anomaly, the Detroit, the the Pistons, the the what the reincarnation I would say, the Bad Boy Pistons. Uh, that team and what else? Probably the Heat. Yeah. With the with Dwayne Wade coming into his own and with Shaq. So. Other than that, I really can't think of any other teams in the East that were dominant during that time. And right? that's, you know, if we want to talk about legacy and... That one year, the Celtics had the big three. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah the big three year, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I mean, they, they beat the Lakers in the finals. Um, would have been interesting to see a healthy Andrew Bynum in that final series against them the first go-around. But, but yeah, man, uh, biggest... We talk about generational players and who I think is the greatest player in NBA history which you guys will argue against me and LeBron James, what's been the biggest blemish of his entire career, of his entire legacy? The Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's facts, man. That's true. That's, I, and, I, and I can't. I brought this up to you as well, man. The fact that this dude seemed like he had an easy ride going into the finals every time. Yes. Because the East was playing like little kids, really. He was an adult playing with people in JV basketball. Yeah. That's what it seemed like. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking back on just the 2014-2015 NBA season, the Western Conference. Our Houston Rockets playing in the Southwest Division that year. Jeez. The Rockets, Mavericks, Spurs, and Grizzlies were all 50-win seasons, and the Pelicans were a 45-win team as the eighth seed in the West. That same year, I think a 37-win team was the eighth seed in the East. You have every team in a division as a contender in the West. Meanwhile, in the East... You can be a lottery quality team and get a playoff berth. Yeah, I remember that every single year when we were when we we're watching the East, whenever like you know the six, seven, eight seeds were usually in the playoffs, there were always teams that were under five hundred, which to me is just unacceptable because you have teams in the West that didn't make the playoffs that were above five hundred that easily would have been a five seed in the East. Teams like Kevin loves Timberwolves, yeah. right? They were a forty. Yeah, it's a throwback, bro. Yeah, and when Kevin. That when was like had, when he was still thick, like twenty five and fourteen. Like dude was a monster. Yeah. Yeah, bro. So it's interesting to look back on that and think that every single year, if you're an Eastern Conference top dog, the first round's a cakewalk. Yeah. You know, you that's an, that's an automatic pass, essentially, for what you get 
in a 50, 55 win season. You know, it was really funny for me for first round, uh, first round matchups. Always when you used to see the first round matchups in the playoffs in the East, they'd always be presented on T- NBA TV and not like on TNT or ESPN. Yes. That's how you knew it was ass. Like, you know, ESPN's local, like, yeah. Local broadcasters, <laughs> like nothing nationally televised. That's how you know it's like, yo, this is an NBA playoff team, yet no broad, no broadcasting station wants to, wants to see you. Like that should show you the level of competition that the East was during that time frame. And in the all-star games, you know, oh, it was, it, you know, if it wasn't for like LeBron and Wade being in yeah. the East, it was always just, well, he didn't make an all-star team because he was in the West. The West is just too deep with guards. The West has too many forwards. I mean, think about just the depth of talent. KG, Duncan, T-Mac, Kobe, Dirk, Dirk Mello, yeah. you run through Shaq, you run through the list of all-stars coming out of the West. And man, it, it was, it was a tough tough bracket to kind of crack in and brings us to this year man 2021 i think i don't know if the east is necessarily better than the west this year there's a lot of question marks on these teams and a lot is still yet to happen as we're recording this podcast james harden's still a houston rocket and i think we'll talk about this when we lay out our teams but any any of these eight or nine teams we're going to list out in the east if they add a james harden automatically become a contender so I'm really interested to go through our teams and see exactly why the East is kind of closing that gap with the West and why this is the first year in 23 years that the Eastern Conference can make a case for being as talented as the West. I completely agree. I think one thing to piggyback off of you, Vala, is that I'm actually more excited to watch the layout and the playout of the Eastern Conference and who gets into the finals rather than the West. I think the West, I'm really excited just for the Western Conference Finals if it's going to be, you know, the Lakers and Clippers or whoever the Lakers are going to end You're up just playing. saying that because the Rockets have no hope. It, none. I, I just I don't have that. I have no hope right now. I have no hope right now. But in the but in the East, it's a wild card, dude. I really don't. I, I don't know who's going to come, like, who the whole, uh, the seating's going to look like. I, I Nobody expected the Heat to end up coming into the finals. And I think next year, too. Yeah. I Next year as well, like I wouldn't be surprised if any of the teams that we're about to talk about, you know, one through seven, realistically, that I would think would end up making the the I finals. Know, I, you gotta thank LeBron for this, making that move to Miami, putting together that quote unquote super team that they want to say. I think it really pushed everybody else to start moving around. I don't think we would have gotten the East that we have now if it really wasn't for him. I mean, really don't want to praise this guy because you know he's not the greatest, but. You gotta, you gotta, look at what he did, man. He really did shake up the NBA. We're getting to see that now. Hopefully this season turns out to be fucking phenomenal. I mean, think about this. Think about all the teams. And I think, honestly, by the time we release this podcast, I don't think James Harden's a rocket anymore. But think about about all the teams that James Harden has on his list. All Eastern Conference teams. And, And why is that? It's a much easier cakewalk to the freaking finals. Much easier cakewalk. You don't have to run into LeBron. So LeBron coming to the West essentially has kind of shifted things once again. You see KD going out east to Brooklyn. Harden requesting a trade out to the east. A lot of different pieces moving around. Jimmy Butler going to Miami. And now we have this slurry of like five or six teams that I think really have a good shot of coming out of the East, all equal capabilities of upsetting and making a little run when they get into the postseason. So let's get into it, man. Let's talk about these teams and we can start at the top if you guys want and kind of yeah. kind of go with the easy choices and make our bracket going that way. Yeah, but sure. but number one, I mean, on the count of three, let's say I think we're all on the same page here. One, two, three, Brooklyn. the Bucks. Oh. Damn, I was gonna say the Heat. Whoa. Oh, 
Oh shit! Damn. All right. Okay. Well, let's, okay. Let's, let's get into it. Okay. Well, talk to me. All right. So what's up with the Bucks? So I mean, the Bucks, right? Yeah. You've got Giannis. Yep. MVP. Defense player defensive player of the year. He's in the same breath as Jordan and Hakeem, which just blows my mind. You know, and, and there's no reason that we, we'll get into NBA pr- uh, award predictions later on in the pod, but there's no reason why he shouldn't be MVP again. What yeah. What is going to hold him back from giving the same level of production and from having the Bucks as a top two to three seed in the East now that they've upgraded their team with a Drew Holiday, now that they bring back a lot of talent, now that they're developing guys like DiVincenzo, more continuity with their bigs. Mm-hmm. Another year of Giannis expanding his game. Is he going to be able to shoot a jump shot without it sucking the gravity out of the building? Much the same way that I've said this once, I'll say it again. Much the same way that Bill O'Brien's chin oh, sucks God. all life out of all life and happiness <laughs> and ideas of hope out of anyone who's watching a team that he's coaching. Preach. Just preach. So Milwaukee, to me, until someone proves me wrong, is still my number one team. I think continuity matters with all the moving parts that these other teams have. Um, and barring a James Harden to Philadelphia trade, oh. I think Milwaukee is your number one your number one seed out east, without a doubt. Okay. I think for me, it's, it's still Brooklyn. I think... Ha- KD has looked phenomenal in the preseason, yeah, right. and Kyrie is—he's uh, an All NBA talent when healthy and when wanting to do it. And I think you have a fully healthy team. And on top of that, you signed Joe Harris. You still have Jared Allen. This team is deep. You know, Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis Levert. You have five guys on this team I could think of off the top of my head that give you a thirty piece any night. Two can give you a fifty piece. So you talk about offense, you are stacked with this team head to toe. And that doesn't even you know discount the fact that you still have the potential possibility of trading Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie for another star if you really wanted to. So, you know, even if you keep the team as is, I, I think you're stupid deep. If you don't want to keep this depth, well, guess what? You can bring in another third superstar on top of KD and Kyrie. So I, I think this team is just going to be unstoppable as well. I think just the main question mark you have is if there's going to be load balancing. And is uh, how many games is Kyrie going to play? How many games is yeah. KD going to play? Yeah, that's the big uh, thing. That's just the big thing for me. If they play the whole season or if they just get to a point that they're comfortable and they still have this whole team, I really don't see how this team could not win, uh, get to the number one seed. It's just way too much talent. I think this this game of basketball, yeah, this game of basketball is all about talent, right? Like having duos. I mean, we saw that with AD and, uh, and, and fucking LeBron. Yeah, like what talent did they really, really have other than those two this past year that they ended up winning the championship from? I think KD and Kyrie are almost as good of a duo as those two. And on top of that, I think they have a better supporting cast than LeBron did this year, bar none. And, and, and there's a lot of other things, a lot of cultural things that the Nets have going for them, right? Yeah. Number one, they have Steve Nash's white privilege, <laughs> right? He's, white privilege takes you a long way, as we've seen in our lives, um, speaking as two brown people and a bronze guy. Um, bronze guy? I'm the bronze guy. Oh, the Persians. Okay, fair enough. 300, bro. <laughs> okay. Leonidas, Leonidas, that was an inaccurate portrayal of my people. But... Um, <laughs> They've got that. They've got KD. I mean, anyone any in the media who comes after them, KD's burner accounts on Twitter is going to shut Done. them down real quick. Done. Right? All 30 of them. You know, it, <laughs> if you try to break them down to a science and start to get analytical, Kyrie Irving is the most scientific NBA player that I know. Wow. You do well, you know, radical radical ideas lead to radical changes in society, and Kyrie Irving's on the front of that. So, yeah. Beautiful. So as far as the Nets go, man, they're my big wild card. I had them as my number two seed. 
And the reason is, man, until I see it, and I know we saw glimpses of it in the preseason, a seven-footer with a history of leg injuries coming off an Achilles tear at age 32, I just have to see KD perform over the course of 82 games. Is it? Are they playing an 82-game season, or is it 72? I think it's going to be like 70-something, yeah. right? Yeah, it's be with, with the play-in tournament, yeah. yeah. So until I see it over the course of a full season or a slightly shortened season, I, I just they're going to be a wild card. And then... Kyrie, man, like, have we seen Kyrie be able to perform in a winning environment since he played with LeBron? I mean, he sabotaged Boston, didn't have the best year with his teammates in Brooklyn this past season, and now you're asking him to come together with KD with all those question marks and try to put something together with a rookie coach. I I don't think Brooklyn is a shoe-in, but if they do get everything clicking, yeah, they're the best team in the East, bar none. Yeah. I thought, yeah. Not yeah, even, bro. If he's like, if he's like seven, like if he's even 60, 70, if he give you 20 a night with your surrounding cast that you have, like I'm expecting Kyrie to be, you know, I think we heard over the, this past, after LeBron won the championship, I don't know if you heard this, uh, his podcast that he went on with Richard Jefferson. He talked about how Kyrie was the most, ta- one of the most talented players that he's ever played with. And I think we've seen that as well. LeBron said this. LeBron said this. One of the most talented players that he's ever worked with. And he said that he told Kyrie that it would be a travesty if you ended your career and you didn't win an MVP award. You're, you're selling yourself short if you don't do that. And I really do think somebody like Kyrie is taking that personally. And I think that Kyrie is too talented to not win MVP in this league one time at least. And I think this is the best time to be able to do it. You have your own team. You have a very talented squad around you. And honestly, if you can prove to KD that you're top dog, I, you can, I don't see why this isn't your team. You're much younger than KD. KD can still give you 20, 25, but this is on you. you can, I think he could be a 30-point scorer so easily. KD would be, I guess, the Robin to his Batman. Yeah, I, I would. I mean, if I'm starting the team, then yeah. I mean, I think I've seen, we've seen oh, enough in Kyrie. Kyrie. We Kyrie's a championship player, right? I mean, if you remember the reason that I think the major at the end of the uh, the game, Kyrie was the reason that they actually ended up winning, right? Those game winning shots over Steph. Kyrie is a clutch player, and he is talented beyond belief. Um, I, I think it's his time to shine now. I think you expect KD to give you twenty twenty five. That's fine. I think that team can still win. You know, come out of the East doing that, and you finally have somebody that can match up against Giannis. Having that, I guess, like you were saying, that sixty five or seventy percent KD playing as the Robin to his Batman. I think that's a great supporting cast. Yeah. But like when he was playing with LeBron, he had to take some of that backseat playing style as LeBron would be doing everything. Right. So I think, yeah, you're right, dude. Now that spotlight yeah. is on him. For me, and when I'm supporting, like when I'm looking at the supporting cast between Milwaukee and uh, the Nets as well, I'm looking at, you know, Every, a lot of players from the Milwaukee Bucks ended up making the all uh, NBA defensive team as well. And when I look at the the Nets, I, again, I see a talented team as well. Jared Allen, uh, Joe Harris, Karis LeVert, Dinwiddie. They're both very talented teams. And I think that's what it's going to come down to in the Eastern Conference Finals maybe is hopefully we get a 1-2 seed with that, barring any James Harden trade. So. I, mean, I mean, think about the Western Conference contenders. Do any of them have a guard as good as Kyrie Irving? Uh, James Harden. That's it. I mean, happy, happy, happy for days. now. For now, uh, Steph. I mean, you could say right, but are they a contender? The Warriors? Not really. Yeah. I, I think they're pretenders. But yeah, the top. Two, no, I really can't. Be. So, so Kyrie is essentially the best guard of all the true top dog contenders of any team, and then next yeah. to him, he's got a seven footer with the jump shot that's as buttery as the Texas Roadhouse cinnamon butter rolls. Oh melt i mean that's you've got the foundation for a successful championship run right there and i don't think we've been able to say that about any eastern conference team really 
that that wasn't hosted by LeBron James yeah. in 20 years. So, yeah, you're right, Nabil. If they can put it together, that's a tough team. And to be honest with you, man, I think there's already a lot of ego on this team with Kyrie and KD. I would keep that team as is. I was yeah. kind of shocked that they were in the running for James Harden, and they were making a hard push to give up all their assets for him. I agree. James Harden goes to the Nets. He's automatically the best player on that team. Yeah, I would agree with that. Right? And I, and I don't that. know how that works for a team whose question mark already is, can KD and Kyrie work together right with all the question marks surrounding the team everything that we just mentioned before so i like them as is if the, the only ideal trade that i would make for them which isn't going to happen given what we've seen from washington is a bradley beal yeah, trade 100 percent, right that or an elite big man which I, I don't see one on the market right now so yeah i i like the nets i think if they're healthy and everything's clicking, they're the number one seed. I think Milwaukee, for me, is just the safe choice. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Chef, I think you said you had a different choice than yeah, us? Yeah, I, I don't do safe choices ever. That's just, no. I picked the Heat, dude. That's, they were yeah, high solid. Coming off this previous season, man. I know Jimmy got something to prove. Yeah. They've been all putting in work. So, man, I got, I got the Heat coming out on top. It was surprising to me, too, to hear that Miami was a potential candidate in trying to get James Harden sweepstakes, <laughs> you know, because like you see so much promise in Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. And it's like, man, are you really going to mortgage that for James Harden? A big three of Bam, Jimmy oh. and James would have been fucking nasty in Unreal. the East. Yeah, that I mean, you don't have to. You, James has to play no defense. No D. Ever. That's the thing. Never. They, they compliment him on that end. Yeah. Never. Jimmy's probably one of the best wing defenders we have in the league, and Bam, I think, has usurped the title of being the best post defender in the league. So, I mean, that would be phenomenal. So, I got a question for you, Chef. Yeah. We're obviously running this podcast on the premise that the East has gotten significantly better, right? The Miami Heat were a five seed last year who got really hot in the bubble and made an unreal playoff run. What have they done in the offseason to make you think that they're going to take that next step and be a number one seed, given the fact that their starting point guard in Goran Dragic is 36 years old. New contract. He, new contract. Yeah. Coming off an injury. He's. Have y'all seen the brace that he wears on his leg? Yeah, see. <laughs> that scares me, dude. So... For me, like the Heat were the perfect bubble team, kind of like how we talked about Chris Paul was the perfect right. bubble yeah. player, right? I, I just, I'm I, more of an underdog type of guy, man. Really, you see it. You guys made excellent points. Really, I would have been on the Bills side with this. I was with the Brooklyn Nets coming out the number one seed only because of the KD aspect. Granted, that if he does come back, being that ninety percent we all hope to be, that's what my doctor told me I'd be at when I come back from the ACE or. What did I do? Achilles injury. If he comes back being 90%, dude, that was it for me. But, you know, we can't ever take that safe choice. I always got to stick with my man Jimmy Buckets, dude. He, he's just an intense he dude. He's, how do I say, he is an X factor. He is, regardless yeah. Regardless what he's at. I mean, look at this shit that he did in the Timberwolves, bro. What was it, the second stringer that he used on him? Yeah. Yeah, the dude, the thing about Jimmy was that he was going bucket for bucket against LeBron in the finals. Now, this is going to be different, right? This is not a bubble situation again so this may not be the same way but man we can't count this guy out, I, dude. yeah I, I was not expecting this sort of performance leading up to what he was doing i feel like everybody really did step up tyler hero man you become the gangster bro 
Yeah, you're kind of banking on him to kind of develop and take the next step too. There's, I think that's what you're really banking on with Miami is that these this young talent that you had it ends up developing to the next level. Duncan Robinson ends up being like a you know JJ Redick, right? Essentially a 15 to 18 point scorer per night. You're expecting Tyler Hero to eventually end up being a 20 and five guy, 26 guy. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, you said the X factor is Jimmy. I think the X factor is Bam in my eyes, bro. Like Bam, like I think Bam has the the contention to be a defensive player of the year. Yeah. He's he's up there. He's up there. And on top of that, the dude has handles. He has, you know, he, he's a very dominant center. I think it's his turn now to end up taking the title from Joel Embiid or Jokic of best center in the league. I think it's on him to be able to do that. He's really young. It's like when you, uh, when you play pickup basketball games, you know, there's always that one player on your team. Last time, probably like three, four years ago. It's been a while, yeah. Uh, a few weeks ago, maybe. Yeah, I'm, I'm still a hooper. And the shot caller. Taking care of patients with trait callers. Ooh. What's up, bro? Drop some medical knowledge. <laughs> uh, get more listens than this podcast but you know like when you hoop there's always that player on the team who like comes up and asks for the ball on the inbounds where you're like bro you're not the fucking guard yeah. step off i was watching the heat preseason game bam is like right there every single time asking for the ball to, to bring it up the court so you're right like he's got that natural playmaker tendency the dude averaged five assists a game as the starting center on yeah. a team with a lot of guard depth. So, you know, you you talk about him taking the next step. He's still got a lot of room to improve, too. He's only, what, tw- he's going to be 23 years yeah, he's, old this he's, season? He's a kid. He's a baby. Yeah. What were you doing when you were 23? You were still at HBU? I was still at HBU. Oh, uh, what a dark time. That's horrible. Yeah, 23 yet. You know, it's crazy? Damn. <laughs> next year, guys. Next year, for sure. 2021's our year, bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, I actually, I've got the Heat as my fifth seed. Okay. Okay. I feel like really, if they don't perform to the level that we're expecting them to perform this season, the bubble was a fluke. Granted, that, that was it. They, I don't want to say this if he hears this shit, but I think they might have gotten lucky. If this season doesn't turn out to be that they don't reach those expectations that we're hoping. Jimmy's going to kill you. He will. Dude. Yeah, he's going to find you. If we all had to die, it would be from his hands. I'll be happy. There you go. I think one thing uh, a lot of casual NBA fans underestimate when it comes to building a team and developing young players is people always say, we're just load up on young talent, just load up, just get a bunch of young guys, trade off all the veterans, let them go somewhere. I think young guys developing in an environment with veteran leadership is one of the most underrated aspects of player development that gets overlooked when you talk about team building and guys like Duncan Robinson and Tyler hero and bam Adebayo in a Pat Riley culture, with guys like Jimmy Butler, with professionals like Goran Dragic, with an Avery Bradley joining this team. And they still have Iggy, absolutely. That can't be overstated. Yeah. Right? So the fact that you have those guys, and you, I really do expect both those guys to take a significant leap. I don't think the Heat being a fifth seed is a failure by any means. Mm -hmm. You know, the East has gotten significantly better, and I think one through five on my list if any of them win the championship, I don't think they'd be considered underdogs or a, su- a surprise shock Eastern contender. No, I would, I would agree with that. I mean, you know, so 
that you know those are three teams right there we're talking about you said there's two more then right so we got what two more teams other than that that we would think would be in the top five yeah what else are they i mean i mean these three teams that you're in you know like we just listed yeah no i'm with you dude i think e- either one of them could just get hot and end up winning the title i think i, I think we've got the same five yeah really? I, it's, they're just in different orders okay so, so we have Bro- go for it. milwaukee brooklyn and miami so far the Celtics are in there for me. Yeah, they're one of my top five. So Milwaukee's number one for me. Brooklyn's number two. My number three seed, the Philadelphia 76ers. Damn, did you make that much of an improvement? I think so, man. I think Daryl Morey switching things up and surrounding Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons with more spacing and more shooters. You got Danny Green in there. They've already traded away Al Horford to yep. open things up. And I, I really, I think the painting is on the wall for James Harden to be a Philadelphia 76er. Granted, if he doesn't go to the Sixers, I still think they're a three seed. But Harden on the Sixers, they may become my favorite out east as well. Pairing James Harden with a dominant top three center for the only time in his career, that'll be interesting to watch as well. But let's not operate on that assumption. I, I see as constructed man it's funny enough as constructed i think this team is tailor made for james harden to be on it right like an iso player with shooters around him with a big man that can like pick and pop you know like this you're doing things that capella you could wish that clint capella yeah like you could wish that clint capella could have a three-point shot like that or create his own offense i, I think the writing's on the wall for james harden to actually finally end up coming here and if the if if he does, then yeah, I think the Sixers are another put, uh, potential you know number one seed in the East. Then right, like I mean, come on, j- that's the best duo in the East, easy. My bold prediction on this team: a couple things. Number number one is Dwight Howard will play with somebody's balls on the bench. Wow. Yeah, he, he's always been a very ballsy guy. Yeah. <laughs> we've seen from his Rockets days. He's really that, ball dominant too. Very ball dominant, no. right? Uh, <laughs> and then did you see Daniel House on an off note say he wants to be a better ball handler? Oh, he handled his balls very, very well, well in the bubble. So I don't know what he's talking bubble about balls? there. But Dwight Howard and James Harden reuniting That'd if he awesome. goes to that team. That'd be funny as hell. <laughs> hey, <That'll>, Dwight. <laughs> what, yeah. Hey, man. Uh, am I going to get you traded from this team too? You better fucking get in line. Let's yeah. go. But my my bold prediction here is. I think Seth Curry is going to have a career year on the Philadelphia Dan, you 76ers. that high on Seth Curry? I'm very high on Seth Curry. I think being in a system where whether it's Ben Simmons or James Harden, this will be the best playmaker that he's ever had in his career. Granted, Luka was Luka, amazing. Yeah, Luka, I was going to say, Luka's looking at you Luka, from Dallas, Luka, bro. Luka, Luka, was, Luka was great, but he also didn't have a center to suck the gravity in as well, the, the way that the chin of O'Brien does. But having Seth Curry and the other shooters that they have on this team – You've got Danny Green spacing the court. Tobias Harris is still there, albeit on one of the worst contracts in Max basketball. Player. <laughs> that's that's crazy to me. Um, and you go down the list. Shake Milton. He looked amazing yeah. in the bubble. You expect him to take another step. Uh, you've got Thibel, a guy that the Rockets are very very high on if they want to, you know, develop any kind of Ben Simmons package, and several other guys that round out this roster. And then, you know, if, if we're talking about the team is currently constructed, you've got another defensive player of the year guy in Ben Simmons. Yeah. First team all defense is last year, wasn't he? And he's my, when we get when we get to the awards, he's going to be one of my defensive player of the year picks. So the Sixers, I'm very high on. Just for the fact that I think Embiid and Simmons, if anyone can figure out how to construct a team around these two, it'll be Daryl Morey. And I don't think they're a finished product as is right now. 
Yeah, I think one of them gets traded. I I don't. It's yeah. funny. Like I don't know if you saw. Like I think this happened right before the pod. But Maury like vehemently announced that uh, Ben Simmons is not going to be a tradable asset. Like he's part of the future. And he just flipped that script. Yeah. And it's just, it blows my mind because it's like, all right, bro, what are you really saying? Like, are you going to tell me that Ben Simmons is going to be gone next week for James Harden? Like, I, I really don't know. And I don't know, man. I think Ben Simmons is going to be like a, like he can easily be a 25, like a triple-double machine if he just ends up making some sort of a jump shot. And, and like the mechanics on his jump shot don't look bad. Yeah. That's the crazy part about it. Like, he doesn't look like Giannis shooting yeah. a free throw. Oh, God. He, it looks painful. He seemed like he learned how to shoot a basketball yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not aesthetic. What's the ugly other than Sean Marion? What's the ugliest jump shot you've ever seen in basketball? Markel Fultz when he first came oh. in. Oh, that was bad. Yeah, Lonzo Ball when he first came in. Yeah, that was. I mean, it got better now. Yeah, I thought that was very different. It got better now, but yeah, no, that yeah, dude, there's some ugly ass shots. Markel Fultz shooting a jump shot was like taking a beer pong shot where you try to bounce it in the cup and spin it and like. <laughs> 18 different directions. So, yeah, it was very painful to see. Um, I'm trying to... Chuck Hayes. Oh, God. The triple hezzy <laughs> free throw. Bro, the, the most the most lane violations in NBA oh history. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, the Sixers, for me, they're my three seed. Are they, They've got to be in the top five for y'all, though, right? Yeah, they're in the top five. They're my number four seed, actually, from what I have. I have them behind Celtics. Yeah. They're your five seed? Yeah. Okay. So... For me, dude, my number three seed, um, I, I still have the Raptors. I, I, I really think Toronto, I think people are still sleeping on Toronto. Nick Nurse is, in my opinion, the best coach in the league, and he's shown that he's been the best coach. Fred Van Vliet got paid, and I think Fred Van Vliet's going to make one, the, what, the case for most improved player. Wait, 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 I'm sorry. You said the Raptors? Mm-hmm. Toronto. Really? Yeah, I got Toronto up high. Wow. Yeah, I, I see some major like player development occurring this year. I think okay. that... Nick Nurse, like I said, best coach in the league right now. For the past two, three years, yeah. he's been the best coach. Won't disagree. Uh, I think Fred Van Vliet just got the bag from Toronto, and I think he's going to be the, the, uh, in contention for uh, most improved player this next year as well. I think he this is his time to be a 25-point scorer, and I think he's going to be able to do it. Uh, Lowry just showed that he doesn't age, bro. He, he just came back last year averaging 20 points a game. So, I mean, if he can give you 15, 16, I'm happy with that. Big, bro, the biggest Big. booty in basketball Easy. by far. Easy. I, I think, uh, and I mean, Lowry, we forget. Go ahead. Can, can we? Can, can we talk about the fact that Lowry has what every woman wants? That beautiful ass. A big old booty and a ring. Oh, he does. Wow. He's every oh. white girl's dream. Wow. Beautiful. Beautifully said. <laughs> Beautifully said. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I I don't have the Raptors in my top really? five. I've got them seven. Really? Yeah, man. I mean, do you not? See, so for me, I also see Pascal Siakam. Siakam made huge strides he's last gonna year. He's going to take the next step. He's going to take the next step, dude. I mean, he's he went all NBA last year for one year out from winning the championship where Kawhi was the biggest guy, and he came into that role and went all NBA. I don't see why he can't take that next level and be the next Kawhi. I really don't. OG Ananobi has shown great amount of talent. I think this team is deep. I think the only question marks you have are with the front line. It's like, okay, you lost Ibaka, you lost Gasol. Uh, what's going to happen with your front line? Because, I mean, that was the main reason that the Raptors ended up beating the Bucks, right? You just create like a solid front line in front of Giannis and make him shoot a jump shot. So with that gone, are you just pretty much depending that Pascal becomes the best defensive player in the league? Or, you know, what are you going to plan on doing with the front court? But, yeah. You know, with that aside, I think they have a lot of offense. I think Fred Van Vliet ends up being a 25-point uh, scorer. I think 
Kyle Lowry sustains being like a 16, 17 point scorer. And I see Pascal taking the next step and being, you know, second team all NBA, really. You know, the, the history of basketball hasn't really ever been kind to. <laughs> hey, man. Yeah, I mean, that's true. That's dark, true. dark days with the Vince Carter departure, oh, LeBron being their daddy and cool. spanking them like a little toddler for several years. But basketball history has never been really kind to six foot tall point guards past the age of 32. It's been unreal to see really the two best aged six foot tall point guards in NBA history in Chris Paul and Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Kyle Lowry doing what he's doing at an all-star level at his age. What is he? He's going to be 30, 30, 33 going on 34, yeah, this, 34 year. this year. 34 this year. That's unreal, man. For how thick he is, too. I mean, he's got, he'll probably go vegan like Chris Paul and extend this run for another three or four years eventually as well. But Kyle Lowry's impressive. Fred Van Fleet, you expect him to take the next he's step? He's 26. He's in his prime. Yeah, he's, he's, 20, he's literally 26. He's in his prime right now. Look... Yeah, look at his career trajectory. Like it's literally, the, it's there for the making for him to be a twenty-five point scorer now. Norman Powell, I think, is going to be one of the sleepers for Sixth Man of the Year as well. And then Nabil, everything else you mentioned is valid. I mean, OG Ananobi, one of the only guys who can legitimately say can guard the one through the five at Easy. an elite level. And you expect him to take another step too. He's another young guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's only he's going to be twenty-three, going on twenty-four this upcoming season. Pascal. What's going to happen with him? He was an all-star, all-NBA all level yeah. player last year. He's going to take the next step. But what you mentioned before is kind of where, where the buck stops for me is losing Marcus, losing Serge Ibaka. And sure, you get Aaron Baines, but do you really expect Aaron Baines and Alex Len to give you 48 minutes of quality front court play? I don't know, man. And like we said before, this is going to be a theme of all these teams. With everyone else getting better, can you expect player development to be enough to push to push past what the other teams are doing and keep you in that upper tier of Eastern Conference teams? Maybe. I mean, they proved us wrong last year. How many people? Yeah, I did bring up the fact that this season for the East is going to be a hot season. So it's not going to be how the bubble was last year. The season was last year. So yeah. right. they're going to have to step their game up. Yeah. Like I said, the Mets, the Mets are a scary yeah. team now with yeah. the team. I mean, yeah. I mean, dude, number two team—they're the number two team last year in the East. Who, so. who would have thought that they'd yeah. be even a top four team? Yeah, we thought East. after losing Kawhi, it was gonna—it's—it's it's done. Rebuild, yeah. Yeah, they won the ring, and then everybody thought literally the next year after Kawhi left that yeah, this team's gonna be you know maybe a seven eighteen seed, right? Trying to compete, and then they become the fucking number two seed with Pascal became, becoming an All NBA player. Like, as I think a lot of that goes to Nick Nurse and Masai Ujiri, you know. And I think again, anything can happen with Nick Nurse and Masai Ujiri. So I, it's a wild card. I have him high, but you know, I think that can work. Yeah, if anyone can make this team work, it will be Nick Nurse. Him and Brad Stevens, I mean, oh, what a treat watching yeah. them go head-to-head -head in the playoffs last year, too. But, yeah, I, that'll be an interesting team to watch. I've got them, let me see here on my list, I've got them as the seventh seed. Ooh, so you have them dropping. But that's only because the sixth seed is one of my hot takes, which we'll get to in a little okay. bit here. So we talked about your fourth seed then. I think you were talking about yours, uh, Chef, the Boston Celtics, I believe. You had my five. Who do you have at three? At three, I have the Bucks. Yeah, the Bucks at three. Okay. So give me one, two, three, real quick, Chef. One, two, three for me. I had the Heat, Nets, and the Bucks. Okay. Me. 
So number four. Number four for me, I had the Sixers. Sixers. Sixers, okay. And then five is five. the Boston. Celtics. Okay, so Boston. Let's talk about Boston, man. I, I think somebody's getting traded from Boston. I think legit. I, I really think that Boston can end up being a sleeper for the James Harden sweepstakes. I think they have a package that is very enticing that you they can put in. Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and two first-round picks have been sent to the freaking Houston Rockets. And I, that I would take nice. that in a heartbeat. I agree. If I'm Houston. I agree. Marcus Smart is so much better than Austin Rivers to give you that backup depth at the point guard position. And Jalen Brown's, like, I think his ceiling, and we've talked about it so many times, is the fucking roof. So, compare, com, you know, combine that with John Wall and Boogie Cousins, this team is ready to compete if that happens, in my opinion. Yeah, Boston's my four seed. So, I, I 100% agree with you. That'll be interesting if they're willing to, you know, for a team that's always stood their ground in Danny Ainge and their front office, for a team that's, been hesitant to make that next move it'd be interesting for them to give up one of their touted young prospects a 23 year old jalen brown for a 31 year old harden to say hey this is it this is the move we're making this is the the gamble that we're taking to go ahead and take that next step but man jalen brown 20 points a game six rebounds two assists unreal percentages the guy shot 38 percent from three on high volume 48 percent from the field as a guard I absolutely think he is a Maury Ball wet dream yep. of a player. If Houston can snag him and Smart. He'd be a stoner's dream. Get it? What? Hey. hey. Also, Raphael Stone, I, I haven't really like heard him talk ever. Like he's 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 been talking like, the press since, conference since yeah. all this stuff has happened with Harden. He's kind of been the one yeah. person to stay out of the press. I, is he like an artificial intelligence entity that Maury created on his way? I wouldn't out, be surprised. Or? You know, he just he just went to MIT, made this like all right, your GM now. <laughs> <laughs> the first artificial intelligence, a fucking GM in the NBA. Nice. The important things in society. But you know, piggybacking off what you're saying, Vol, as well for the Rocket side of it for Jalen Brown. I think for the Eastern Conference side of it, I think Jay, uh, Jason Tatum and James Harden becomes the Eastern Conference version of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I think that Je wow. I think Jason Tatum is ascending to be. I, I think people have a lot. I, I think Danny Ainge has a lot of stock in uh, in Jason Tatum progressing to be an MVP candidate very soon, sooner than later. I think his career trajectory has been very, very high, and the you know what he the steps he took last year. I don't see why he can't you know pretty much take the pedestal and go up to the next level for that at all. Combine that with James Harden, who we know is probably the best, you know, offensive player in the league. I don't think that's uh, an argument either. Combine those two together and that's a big two in in in, in Boston. I think it makes sense for Celtics to go ahead and throw all their chips in one basket to go after James. You Harden. have talent, bro, right? You still have Kemba. Like if Kemba comes back, uh, you know, I same. I hold my breath. Same. I do. My but knees it, hurt when he hits that step back. Dude, I had. Yeah. I wish. Okay, I'm five ten. You said no, no, no. No, thank, thank you. I I appreciate it. Going in there to go play lifetime pickup ball. Bro, but I mean, having having Kemba as your third option though, seriously. Oh, no, like a dude was an all NBA what two years ago? Like I would love to have him as a third option in the East. Yo, that would be that would be a solid, solid fucking, you know, big three right there in the East. Jason Tatum's gonna be twenty two years old. Yeah, this he's year. a baby. He's he's the definition of a baby. He just came off of a twenty three point a game season where he shot forty percent from three, forty five from the field, high volume, high usage guy. Great defender. Unbelievable defender. The size, the length, great attitude, locker room guy. Why not? 
right? You know, Boston's Boston's kind of there where they're almost in no man's land right now. Kemba's going to be what 30 31 probably. 31 yeah. going on 32 knee issues mm-hmm. plaguing him all last year. I mean he's he's another 6 foot tall point mm-hmm. guard who relies on his quickness. You lose Gordon Hayward. Yeah, that's big. You don't you're not like loaded with you know draft capital like mm-hmm. they used to be. This might be their last move off this Danny Ainge asset stacking era where they can kind of go all in and try to make a push here. And why not? You know? Yeah. Um, as they're currently constructed, for me, there's a fourth seed. I think Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are just good enough to get you a home, a home playoff berth mm-hmm. in the Eastern Conference. Despite everyone getting better, I think those two by themselves can get you that. Yeah, I agree. I think one of them needs to be with a veteran. I, I, yeah. I really think so. The like, potential is crazy, yeah. dude. They're so young and putting up numbers like this. It's yeah. Phenomenal. You know, a little low-key move, Jeff Teague in the backcourt right. to give them that insurance nice. for Kemba Walker. Uh, but other than that, like, wh- what did they really do this offseason? Did they get, did they, get Ennis, they got rid of Ennis Cantor too, right? Yeah, Ennis Cantor's gone. Who did, um, they, did they get a back of five, or did they get any, any five to Tristan replace? Thompson. They got Tristan Thompson. That was, the big, that was their big thing, yeah. Tris- I don't know how big I mean, that really is. I think you probably got him for rebounding, I guess. But, I mean, it's, that's nothing that big either. Yeah, he'll, I mean, he'll be more of like a playoff matchup yeah. guy. I really wish they brought back Al Horford. I think Al Horford would have been perfect for this team. Yeah. But, you know, obviously that didn't happen. But let's see. I think Boston, like I said, is, is a huge wild card in this whole James Harden sweepstakes. So let's see what happens with that. That's it, man. Who's, so, we, so we got my top five teams down. We got Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Philly, Boston, and Miami. That's Bet. one through five for me. Bet. After that, man, I got... I think we're, we're we're being really rude to this team. We always are. The Indiana Pacers. Ooh. The, the Pacers. There's this team was the number of what four seed last year, I believe. Yeah, forty five win, forty five win team, I believe. Yeah, yeah. You're bringing back Miles Turner and a lot of question marks. Yeah, yeah. You're bringing back Miles Turner. You're bringing back Sabonis is a monster. Oladipo has most stated, underrated player in the NBA. Easy. Oladipo said that he still wants to be there. So I mean, he's been playing with them. So Oladipo's still there. And on top of that. Uh, you have oh, fuck. I forget his name. The dude that got into a fight. Uh, Ron Artest. No, not Ron Artest. There are other players. Meta right World now. Peace. I wish I could say that. Who's their other talent that they have on their team? He has like TJ Warren. TJ Warren. There you go. The the LeBron guy. Yeah. Or not exactly. the who was the Butler guy. The Butler He's guy. The Butler yeah. Rival. Him and Jimmy yeah. nearly got into a fuck. They did get into a fight. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, bring TJ Warren back, who had like a solid bubble year too. He's giving like forty pieces left and right. Uh, this team is bringing back everything. So you talk about continuity; it's still it's there, and they still have all the talent. Old Depot's back healthy, and Brogdon. Let's not forget Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm too. Brogdon, yeah. So this team is pretty deep; is very deep, and I don't see why they're not going to be a uh, you know on the higher end of the lower part of the Eastern Conference. I think they're probably the the best out of the five ten teams. Man, there's so many question marks with Indiana. I, I've got them as a play-in team. Wow, yeah, really? Man. Yeah, I think number four seed to play-in team within a year. Yeah, with um, all the talent they still have. I think, I think Oladipo. Like one minute he wants out, one minute he says he wants to retire a Pacer. Did not a Sabon. I'm sorry, Demontis Sabonis, most underrated player in the NBA yeah, by far, and he and he's still a young guy too. How old is he? He's in his twenties, I believe. Still, I know that. Yeah, young. He's going to be twenty four this yeah, season. He just came off of a season where he averaged eighteen and twelve with five assists, can yeah. shoot the three ball, great high post playmaker. But for me, like they didn't make any moves to significantly get better. And then with the Oladipo question mark and the Miles Turner trade rumor circulating all off season, some part of me thinks that. They're on the cusp of breaking this up as well. 
Wow. They're just blowing this all up. Blowing this all up and just rebuilding around Sabonis. Because really? they're also kind of in no man's land. Like, are, oh, they, no are they a land. true contender? No. You're expecting a lot of development. I think you're expecting TJ Warren to turn it. What they, I think they want, they want TJ Warren to turn to Paul George. I think that's literally what they're banking on. Which I think Warren's ceiling isn't like, he's got a great floor, but I think his ceiling's not that high. And he's he's already kind of like, he's going to be 27 this season. You know, what, what more development do you expect from a guy who really is just a scorer, really just a 19 point per game guy who doesn't rebound, who doesn't defend, he's not a playmaker. So, I mean, he's, Solid player. I just don't see him as a corner cornerstone guy that you can really make the next move with. I think this team has a lot of talent, right? Brogdon, I think, is a phenomenal point guard as well. Oh, yeah. I, I think, you know, like I said, they're not going to be contending for the championship. I don't see them as being a championship team at all. But, I mean, I think at the end of the day, I think this team, is. if they still keep this team together, I don't see why they don't end up in the same place, if not better. Yeah. They, they ended up really hot in the bubble, if you remember. I think they almost yeah. went undefeated before then. Uh, yeah, TJ Warren was killing it. That's what I'm saying. So if they if they can retain that and still bring back a healthy Victor Oladipo, I expect Noel Oladipo to give me at least 14, 15 a night, right? I mean, come on now, dude. Uh, so that's going to be, I think I think they're a very interesting team. But again, I think a lot of guys, who knows, maybe Miles Turner's gone next week, right? Oladipo's gone next week. I think anybody on this team is fair game to be able to be on a trade except for Sabonis. This team is a contender for me if you get the Victor Oladipo of two years ago. The MVP level clutch closer, Victor Oladipo, the guy who has given you 23 points a game, five rebounds, five assists, leading the league in steals, you know, uh, but since that knee injury, man, he's, he was really, it, it looked rough. It was sad watching him come back last year. He obviously wasn't ready, didn't have enough time to get back. And they just you hear so much back and forth about what his future is going to be in Indiana. That uncertainty with all the other teams we just mentioned I just I have a hard time putting them in my bracket. So I have them in there as a playing team, but I, I don't think they're going to be one of your top five or six teams. Okay, well, I'm excited to see what this year is going to look like, and let's see let's see if if Indy old Hickory can uh, bring us back. I wanted to ask you guys about the bubble a lot, and just the way these guys are playing in the bubble was phenomenal. So don't get me wrong, but do you think they'll be able to go ahead and mimic that sort of performance going on this season? No, I don't uh, think so. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, I don't think it's the bubble aspect. I think some things that are going to be similar, if you've noticed in preseason, there's no fans, right? You're still going to have that quietness, per se, the whole stadium. So I think that'll have something to do with it. But I think the whole, you know... AU circuit thing that everybody's living together, everybody's around there. I think it's going to be a little bit different, but I think I don't see any reason for it to not have the same level of competition. And everybody's coming back healthy. Nabil, I I tend to disagree with you, man. I I think the bubble had everything to do with it. I think... Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Hotels, digital things. Yeah. I don't know if you guys stayed with the different teams over there. Yeah, we did. So, dude, like, it's a different, like, atmosphere. You know, you get to see these guys. Same guys, court. Same yeah. court, same shit. I don't know if it's the same. These guys will be able to keep up that same competitiveness or level of play that they have going in this season. Yeah. I think that was just a different. You were putting on a show, man. You yeah. Know, yeah. <laughs> it's like a movie. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know, man. I feel like. This season is going to be a little different for these guys, skill level-wise and performance. Guys like T.J. Warren, right? T.J. Warren was a completely different player in the bubble than he was before. Yeah, in, in the bubble, he looked like freaking Gilbert Arenas 2.0. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck am I looking at over uh, here? He literally looked like Agent Zero. The James Harden of the early 2000s. Yeah, that looked... 
Legit, bro. Oh my god. What a comparison. Yeah, solid. I have my solid. moments. Solid. But but the reason I say that, chef, is you go to your hotel every single night after the game. You you can't leave. You're quarantined. You don't have the distractions of a nightlife. You don't have the distractions of your family, of your homies, of your of your clique. All you have to consume is basketball, right? You play your games, you have practice, you go back to your hotel, you see the same guys, you follow your same routine. And for that reason, you had some of the best quality of basketball that we've ever seen. Yeah. So I don't think it'll be the same, but these guys are professionals. Like none of, They're not going to be duds, but it's definitely going to be a different product than we saw in the bubble. I'm excited for it. Chef, who do you have as your next team then, dude? Oh, we got number six right now? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I have the Raptors at number six. Okay. So okay. we have Indiana. So what's and the next team? My playing team, I had Indiana. Okay. And so who do you have as your six team then? That was my six. That was five. seven. Seven, I had the Wizards, man. Okay. I had the Wizards in, in there as well. I had the Wizards as a play-in team. Uh, how about you, Val? Did you have the Wizards in there? So, yeah. the So, for me, it was Milwaukee 1, Brooklyn, Philly, Boston, Miami. Toronto was seven for me. My sixth seed was the Wizards. Okay. The Wizards, I think, are going to be a pretty big wild card. I think Russell Westbrook automatically makes your team a playoff contender. I don't care what anybody says. You're going to be going to the playoffs if Russell Westbrook's on your But you're going to suck in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. You're going to get there. You'll you'll definitely get there. I think the Wizards are a wild card because I don't know how this Bradley Beal and um, Russell Westbrook thing is going to work out. Because we saw last year, Bradley Beal has everything in his repertoire to take over the reins as best shooting guard in this league once James Harden goes on his slump probably in the next two years. Um, Devin Booker is staring you down from far, far away. Hey, man, you know what? If he can actually get to the playoffs, then he can look at me in the <laughs> eye, all right? But until then, let's see what you do, Devin Booker. But yeah, no, I mean, I think Bradley Beal is going to be phenomenal. And I, I think it would do them a lot of harm if... Bradley Beal ends up playing less to his potential in favor of Russell Westbrook. And I think the writing's on the wall for that to happen because you're reuniting Russell Westbrook with Scotty Brooks as well from OKC. Oh, yeah, the Scotty Brooks connection. So That's you right. know Scotty Brooks. Uh, you know, Whenever he was with Scotty Brooks, he was giving the triple doubles. He was being MVP Russ. Uh, no, was he? Or was that with the Billy Donovan still? It was Billy Donovan. It was Billy Donovan. You're right. But Yeah, but I mean, I think Scott Brooks has played with Russell Westbrook. Westbrook still last year was all NBA, right? Like, he's no bum still. Like, the guy's still one of the top three point guards in this league. Um, So he's still in there. So, But I think my whole question mark is how's the team chemistry going to be working around with all this, right? You lose, you know, you're bringing back talent from Washington as well. This was a question that sort of was brought up when Westbrook played, was, I guess, brought up the Rockets, man. How would him and Harden play together? Two main ball and I think you, but I think you knew like definitively, right? This was Harden's yeah, team. There was, there's no doubt. With Beal, it's still like, all right, he's still young, right? He comes off a 30 point game, but you're bringing in a guy who's a former league MVP and just came off an All NBA season, you and know? just and just demanded off from the Rockets because he wanted to be the guy again. He wanted to play what? What was the quote? Like his style of ball, right? He wanted to play his style of game that he couldn't play with the Rockets. So if he does that year. Uh, what does that mean? Does that mean that Bradley Beal is going to be just, you know, standing in the wing trying to get an open shot? Or, you know, like, what's what's it going to look like? And that's what I'm scared of, really, with, with the Wizards. I don't know how it's going to look. Yeah, and, and the, the other big thing for the Wizards, Nabil, everything you said is absolutely on point. I think Russell Westbrook elevates this team to a playoff berth. You know, having a guy that can give you 30, 9, and 8 every single game yeah. and give you a productive full season and he doesn't miss games. Yeah. Yeah. And in a regular season, that means everything. For guys who practice quite a bit, who have to play a pretty heavy load, 
you don't have the opportunity to game plan as much. And so that fire, that intensity, that athletic explosion a lot of times in the regular season will win you a lot of games. When you get to the playoffs, it's a different story. X's and O's matter more. Being able to shoot, being able to use your skill set to gain that upper hand matters. And that's why Russell Westbrook's ultimately been a failure in his playoff career. But he's going to give them, it. like I said before, if Russell Westbrook and James Harden, with all the trades, going to microball, locker room issues, uh, Mike D'Antoni on a lame duck contract, if all those things get the Rockets a four seed in the West, it's not out of the realm of possibility for Westbrook and Beal to get you a playoff berth out East. I agree. The biggest question mark for me, other than the Westbrook issue with the Wizards, is Bro, the Wizards were the second worst defensive team in the NBA horrible. last year. Horrible. What what have they done this offseason like, to get better on defense? Russell just, Westbrook yeah. is a horrible defensive yeah. player. You just resign. I think their biggest move was what resigning Davis Bertans, I believe, or I think that was probably their biggest move I, uh, this whole offseason. Washington really isn't. L- Robin Lopez will be Rob- decent for them, yeah. but but is he a guy who's going to change the culture of your defense? No. By no means, no. I think Robin Lopez is a very poor man, Stephen Adams. Right. I think that's what they're trying to mimic here with very with that. That's what they're trying to mimic. Okay. That's what they're trying to mimic with him. And, uh, you know, I think this team can be nice at times, right? Who knows? Maybe Russ ends up just taking the next level and going 35. Like, I, I can see that happening, too. But, again, I just... If I'm the Wizards, I am just so hesitant because you have a gem in Bradley Beal. And the last thing you want is Bradley Beal demanding a trade, and next thing you know, he ends up in Miami or, or, or Brooklyn. Man, that's going to be... It's- Do you think you should cater this team around Bradley, Bradley, Bradley Beal? You, this is a yes. day and age where you have... I mean, there's been... That. Yeah. You're not building our Westbrook. I think you know that you only have Westbrook here for the length of his contract, which is what, two more years, I think, or three more years? Uh, Westbrook's got three years and then a player option. Yeah, so he's, I think they only won him for three, you know, three years. And who knows if he ends up fucking just leaving too, right? Bradley Beal is what, 24? He's under 25, I believe. Yeah, he he gave you 30 under the age 25. It's only going to get better, right? Like these guys really don't hit their primes until like 27, 28. So you still have three. if, if, If you're saying that, this guy has three years to pretty much get better. Which is a scary thought for a guy who's already a great two-way player. So yeah, no, bar none. If if Bradley Beal's not happy, you do what you can to get rid of Russell Westbrook again. Um, but you know that's the thing. But that's the thing, though, right? Like, are you going to be doing that with Scott Brooks? There, are you going to be more in favor of that? You just don't want to get to the point where it's like Bradley Beal saying, "I'm out." Yeah, and he is. And everybody wants Bradley Beal. I can't think of any team in the league that won't be calling to try to get Bradley Beal on their team. West, East, you know, fucking China, Europe. I don't care who you are. You're calling to try to <laughs> get Bradley Beal. Iran? Yeah, right. Pay him the whole government salary if you need to. Give so. him 18 wives. Give him 18 wives? Yeah. Wow. That's phenomenal. But I think Washington's... Oh my God, that'd be a lot of work. <laughs> they're, they're very submissive. It's okay. Um, I hope... My, my, Iranian, right my Iranian people aren't listening to this podcast. I think the Wizards are going to be an awesome league pass team, man. They're going to be yeah. super fun to watch. Rui had a great Rui first Hachimura half nice. to his rookie yeah. season. He's going to be fun to watch again coming into his second year. Ish Smith. They have possibly like the most explosive backcourt in the NBA. Ish Smith, Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal. That's nice. Boom. Roasted. Done. To quote the great Michael Scott. Um, and then, you know... You said it, bro. Bertans spread the court. What better player to spread the court than six foot ten sniper yeah. in Bertans? So the Wizards will be fun. So I've got them six for me. Okay. Next team, who do we? So that's and yeah. then the Raptors are my seven. Okay. So now we're getting into the play. So now we're going to. So yeah, one good thing, right, that we forgot about is like we usually go one through eight. The last year, the, the greatest thing that happened with the bubble, and I would need to the fucking play-in games were Loved the it. most, the best games all of last year. <laughs> 
Dude, yeah. I loved it. I don't know about y'all, but that, that Kings and Memphis game, oh my fucking God. Best game in the whole bubble. And I could watch that. I, I, I'm more, I'm down to watch any. And I think these bubble teams that I have, I think is going to be fun to watch too. So for me, bro, the first bubble team I got, the Atlanta Hawks. I, I don't I, the I think the Atlanta Hawks have it in them to end up growing a lot. They have a lot of talent with no defense, but you're hoping that you know the addition of Rondo can actually bring in some more, you know can bring in some, a little more defense as well. Um, but the additions they made to this team, right? You fucking add Danilo Gallinari, you who's always been like a 15 to 20 point I scorer. You downplayed the, the Rondo move just a little bit, dude. He is a he's a playoff guy. He is probably the most smartest person. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Bruh, Trey is 23 years old, giving you 30 pieces, yeah, right? Like he he's only gonna get better being a scorer too, and he he's not the, he doesn't have the highest percentage three point shot too, so he's gonna get better with that to be a better three point shooter. Uh, John Collins is gonna be go- coming into a contract year where he's probably look, trying to look for a max co- deal somewhere. I don't think the Hawks are gonna give it to him, but he's looking for a max deal. Uh, Capella is still there, right? I mean, you still have a solid uh, lob threat for Trey Young that he's never had before. Um, this team is stacked with talent, bro. I think the main thing for them is going to just be, can they end up actually collate? Yeah. Can they collate all this talent to end up, you know, making a viable product? And and we didn't even mention what I think is one of the most underrated backcourt players in the entire NBA and Bogdan Bogdanovich. Yeah. Fucking Bogdanovich ended up choosing the Hawks over the Bucks. I I had to, I had to stare at it on the computer. (laughs) He's unreal, though, man. Great. great pick and roll guy, and bro, you got a slurry yeah. of pick and roll options with him. John Collins, great lob threat. Yeah. Clint Capella, lob great threat. lob threat. Yeah. Danilo Gallinari, pick and pop guy. Um, th- this is going to be an yeah. unreal team to watch. And you talk about player development; they've got so many guys on this team Cam Reddish, that, that can take that next step. Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter, um, Trey Young. Yeah. Trey Young is still 20, 21, 22, 23 years old. He's That's unreal. Guys with a lot to prove, veteran guys that bring defense to this team now in a Rajon Rondo, in a Clint Capella. Man, they're gonna be they're gonna be a fun team as well. They're my second league pass team to watch, yes. so I'm I'm really high on the Hawks. They're my eighth seed. I think yeah. they're gonna secure that eighth seed pretty I'm with you pretty on there. easy. I think for me, the other team that we have in the who do so who do we have in the other play in spots, bro? For me, I think one. I don't know if y'all have them, but I think Charlotte. 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 Yeah. I think Gordon. This Gordon Hayward pickup was kind of underrated. I think Gordon Hayward is a great player. I think he's one of the few players. Yeah. Look at avulsion fracture. That's it's not just day to day. Yeah, yeah, that's not that big of a deal. I think the main thing, bro. The main thing that I I love about Hayward that I love to see and that I saw in Boston was that this guy can operate phenomenally within the paint. Like he he loves the mid range shot, and I think this yep. team would be great. Yeah. And he's he he's a maestro at it. So I think having that in Charlotte to let him, you know, it's not him and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown trying to freaking dominate that. It's just him. And I think that would be great for him. And I think, you know, the team that they still have around him, Scary Terry's still on that team. They had the other point guard as well that ended up uh, growing with them as well. Was it, are you talking about Devontae Graham? Devontae Graham yeah. is great. Uh, I think he's going to end up being a nice piece as well. LaMelo. What, what's LaMelo, LaMelo going to yeah. do, right? Is yeah. he going to be the rookie of the yeah. year? Is he going to be a guy that gives you like 15 and 5? Bro, the Hornets are interesting. Yeah, I've got them I've got them in the Pacers as my playing team. Okay. We've already mentioned the Pacers, but... Mello is coming into a team where he's surrounded by talent, man. You know, you mentioned uh, Devontae Graham 
unbelievable season from him that no one was expecting. Gordon Hayward, unselfish guy that can play off the ball, that can give you a little pick and roll threat as well. P.J. Washington. Yeah. You've got the other young guy, Miles Bridges, kind of making a leap here in the preseason so far. Uh, Bismack Biombo, Dikembe Mutombo's baby son. Nice. Providing them a little front court power. So the Hornets, I think, they're going to be an interesting team to watch. I think it really just comes down to who are you getting in LaMelo Ball. Yeah. I think that's going to be the wild card in whether they're playing team or whether they're still a year or two away. Yeah. So, damn, I think those are, what, all our 10 teams right there? Damn. So y'all run through one through ten for me real quick. Go through yours. Uh, for me, I got Bucks, Heat, Sixers, uh, Raptors, Indiana, Brooklyn, Celtics, uh, Hawks, Wizards, and Charlotte. Not okay. in that order, but those are team teams. Gotcha. Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Philly, Boston, Miami, Washington, Toronto, Atlanta, and then play-ins Charlotte and Indiana for that eighth seed with Atlanta. Yeah, I'm on play-ins. Um, actually, let's start. I'll start with one. I got my man Heat. Nets, Bucks, 76ers, Celtics, Raptors, Wizards, and then I got Indiana, Atlanta, and then Charlotte. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, y'all, this is the 8th seed Atlanta Hawks. Like, I don't see them being a sub-500 team. I can see very easily the 7th and 6th seed Washington. Like, think about LeBron when he was in the East. He played like some really lackluster Eastern Conference 8th seeds, right? They were essentially sweeps every year. Your six, seven, and eight seed aren't going to be sweeps. You're not sweeping Trey Young in that slurry of athletic, energetic, hungry young guys surrounded by vets. You're not sweeping Toronto. You're not going to sweep Nick Nurse. You're not going to sweep Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal in a first-round series. So just the fact that this isn't a top-heavy conference. This is a conference loaded with talent top to bottom. I'm excited, man. This is going to be a fun East to watch. And a lot of wild cards. Any of these teams that we just mentioned, do you guys think an addition of James Harden automatically makes them a contender? Yes. Other than the play, other than the play-in teams, yes. Yeah, and, and I don't think you could have said that last year. Yeah. So we'll see, man. It, it'll be fun to watch, but those are our teams. Let's get into some awards real quick. We, we don't have to do the West since we talked yeah. about the West pretty heavily on our Rockets podcast, but award season. Let's make our awards predictions so when the season ends – some of us can take some uh, some props for getting this right for once. Most improved player of the year. Who you guys got? Fred VanVleet. Yeah. Oh. He he already had such a damn good season. Yeah. He he he's going twenty five. Uh, he's averaging twenty five. You think he's an All NBA player this he's year? He's an All NBA. I, I think he averages all like twenty five. Wow. Well, he's going to be in contention for third team All NBA. Wow. Yeah. That's a bold prediction. I'm, I'm, I'm high on Fred VanVleet. I haven't heard anyone make this call I am before. very high on Fred VanVleet. This guy, like, watching the NBA Finals, it was he he was Kyrie-esque in hitting clutch shot after clutch shot after clutch shot and being a defender uh, on the wing. I, I, this guy's good. Yeah, he, he's right. It's him and Pascal Siakam now. Yeah, I mean, you, when Kawhi struggled with the knee in the NBA Finals, it was a lot of Kyle Lowry and Fred VanVleet hitting timely shots to keep the Warriors at bay. He's 26 too, so he's <laughs> he's entering his prime, and he's he just got the bag. It's it's his time. He doesn't miss games. Nope. He's in his prime. He just got the bag. Uh, they what was it? I don't think he missed any. He played 54 games. I think that's the number of games in the bubble season that they had. Yeah, and I mean he's in college. Dude was the number one scoring option. He's never had that. He's pretty much playing his second role as a point guard, still giving me like six assists. So, yeah, I have been as my most improved. How about you guys? I got Christian Wood. 
Ooh. Yeah, I'm 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 all in on the Christian okay. Wood bandwagon. I think the sample size of 15 or so games with the Wizards after Drummond was traded, I think that's going to translate really well with the Rockets having a pick. Really, who was his point guard with the Pistons? Derrick Rose, who's not really a playmaker, who's at this point in his career a, a bench spark mm-hmm. to give you a great bench spark at that. I think Rose gets traded when Detroit eventually blows things up, and he'll be an interesting piece. But coming in playing with John Wall and Let's say Ben Simmons, if the Rockets trade James Harden. If not, you got James Harden, one of the greatest pick-and-roll players ever. I can see Christian Wood having a 2010 season. Oh, wow. And being the most undervalued contract in the NBA right now, giving the Rockets a huge asset to work with going forward. Yeah. Chef, about you, who do you have as most improved? Man, I was with you on the, on the fray, bro. Yeah. I saw his game and everything in the bubble. That was phenomenal, really. Mm-hmm. I was that. not expecting that from him. And like you said, bro, he, he just got paid. You got something to prove now, man. This is going to be a whole new season. It's not the bubble like we brought up again. So he's really going to be fighting for it. And the East, like we brought up too, man, the East is getting heavily. So it's really going to be his time to actually step his game up and prove to us, like, yo, I deserve this money right now. And what you saw in the bubble wasn't just something that you're going to see once. This shit is real. Agreed. So six man of the year. I'm gonna top. I'm gonna give you guys this one, Montrez Harrell. I, I think there's zero doubt to me. Montrez Harrell's the sixth man of the year for a few reasons. Give you 19 points a game off the bench last year with the Clippers. And what was the Clippers' biggest weakness? What did Kawhi want? He wanted bench help. He wanted bench help in the form of like a playmaking point guard, right? Yeah. And Montrez Harrell's a guy who thrives off the pick and roll, who thrives off being set up by other guys. He's now with the, one of the best passing court vision basketball IQ guys ever in LeBron James with the Lakers and playing in the LA market, I think gets him that national recognition again uh, with the Clippers last year and the Lakers this year. Montrez Harrell's my sixth man of the year. Nice. Maybe Jordan Clarkson can make like a dark horse case, but Jordan Clarkson's like the ultimate dude who hoops at lifetime with like his headphones in and he never knows what the score is, but he's just constantly just fucking jacking, nice. just jacking like Nick Young. Nice. Bro, before before I hit this quarantine twenty, I was hooping like every week. For six man of the year, I mean, I I, I can't think of anybody better. I, I agree with you, Ball. I really can't think of anybody else. Yeah. yeah. All right. Rookie of the year, Killian Hayes. Killian Hayes. Dark horse, Killian Hayes Damn. of the Pistons. I think anytime there's a guard who's on a shitty team where they're just like, yo, we're going to give you the ball and just develop into something, please. Like, even even if they don't turn into anything later in their careers, we've seen it time and time again. Tyreek Evans with the Kings. Right. He had that 20.5 rebound, five assist season. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr., who's become a nothing with the Knicks, rookie of the year with the Mavericks. I think Killian Hayes on the Pistons, he's going to have a season that no one's really expecting. And I think once they blow things up, it's just going to be 100%, 100 miles an hour, get him the ball and get out of the way. Man, for me, uh, Obi Topin. I, uh, I think I think the Knicks finally decided to get a right pick and get this guy. One of the most talented scorers in the league. Um, I, I think he's going to be phenomenal with the New York Knicks, especially since it's going to be him, RJ Barrett, Mitchell Robinson. I, I think it's... The, it just goes down for him to end up getting all the points. I think another dark horse, it could be James Wiseman. I think we really don't know. I think with Clay leaving, I think Steve Kirk has a lot of new uh, plays. Yeah, new pieces, new plays pretty much just drawn up now. 
Um, so I think James Wiseman is a really good dark horse candidate for that too. Damn, I'm going to go with the easy pick in Mr. Ball over here, man. I feel like he is the one with the spotlight on him. He should be. Unless Leangelo plays. Uh, Leangelo might compete. Oh, God. Yeah. But yeah, man, I feel like he has all the pressure on him now, same as a a Zion coming in last season, or the season before that, I may have gotten that wrong, but he had all the spotlight on him to be that rookie of the year, so I expect him to, I guess, live up to it. If he is a ball child, how how his father likes to bring it up, where he can beat a Steph Curry or a MJ as his father likes to do. He should take this. Yeah, and then my last two picks, I think it's really the same same group of guys. Defensive Player of the Year and MVP are the same group of guys that we've seen time and time yeah. again. Defensive Player of the Year, Ben Simmons, AD, and Giannis. Bam thrown in the mix as yeah. well. MVP, Giannis, LeBron, Luka. Those th- okay. like it's the same group time and time again. I think it's just going to come down to what this what their teams look like, right. um, and essentially like the standings of those teams elevate them in the national media and get that recognition that they need. Yeah, I think I think you're missing somebody. I think you're missing AD, AD for defense. Did I? I didn't mention AD. No, for MVP. Oh really? Yeah. AD over LeBron. AD over. You LeBron. think this is AD's I, team now? This is AD's team. Uh, now. I, I th- yeah. Yeah, I think LeBron's going to defer to AD. I think wow. this is going to be similar to what we had with Wade and LeBron back you're in right. Miami. Yeah, I think this is his time that like LeBron defers to AD. Like, hey, you're LeBron he, now. Especially, especially, yeah, yeah especially with like, them having the shortest offseason. I yeah. mean, LeBron's 36. He, he's right. going to have to load manage this year, so AD is going to have to carry yeah. a big burden. I wouldn't be surprised if AD just goes out 30, 10, like 30 and 10, right? Like 30, 10, and like three blocks. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. If he ends up pulling a Giannis and winning Defense Player of the Year and MVP, that's not really a question for me. Yeah, and then Luca would be my bona fide MVP just for that narrative standpoint. Uh, but you just don't know what you're getting in Chris Stapps. Yeah. So the Mavericks, if Chris Stapps not healthy, I don't think they're going to be a top three seed. Um, but if he is, Luca's my dark horse. I'm yeah. going to go with Giannis though as my MVP. Damn, three times you're talking back to back to back MVP. Wait, what's going to change Holy about shit. him giving you like 28? 13 a block and a couple steals. the only thing yeah the only reason that the Giannis ended up winning the mvp i think every year because of that is because the bucks were the number one seed in the east yeah that's true. bar none so i think that's gonna be the big thing if they're not the number one seed in the east i think there's a lot of, there's gonna be a lot of voter fatigue and you're not gonna see the triple the triple crown per se true so this is the year to see a new mvp i think i think Giannis is still the darling but him getting that contract i think people oh, want to see He's the darling of the NBA, bro. He is. He's the darling of the NBA. And him getting the highest paid contract of all time now, I think puts kind of like a red target to have somebody else trying to take the spotlight now. But let's see. So that's it, man. Eastern Conference, it'll be super fun to watch. I'm excited to see what happens. And you got our awards. So when these awards come out at the end of the year and we get them right, just give us a shout out. Just recognize that we're the most knowledgeable Division One intramural athletes when it comes to sports talk. And give Boom. us a little shout out on the pod. Boom. Drop it, brother. With that... Thank y'all. It was a pleasure. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.